0: Which game should Carolina Panthers fans be the most excited for in 2023? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscriber, follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where on fridays like today i answer your weekly friday mailbag questions and if you did not get in a question for this week shame on you but next week either at me or dm me and get those weekly friday mailbag questions in let's go ahead and get right into it the weekly friday mailbag right here on locked on panther starting off with alex who says by a strange coincidence We are playing games this season against the teams that drafted all of the candidates we considered for the top pick, the Tennessee Titans, who have Will Levis, the Indianapolis Colts, who have Anthony Richardson, and the Houston Texans, who have C.J. Stroud. Which of these games are you most excited for, and which games are you the most concerned about? Also, which of the four quarterbacks is most likely to actually be playing in the game? Now, shame on me. I should have waited. To record the podcast until the schedule dropped, but I'm going to do another one, I think, actually recorded on Thursday evening following the schedule release. So I could have waited, but I'm going to the Knights game on Thursday, and I am not going to wait and do two podcasts when I get back, whenever that might be Thursday evening. So, of course, you guys are listening to this on Friday, and you're not all that concerned. But it's important to have the context of when those games are going to be played in order for me to actually answer those questions. Right now, the Tennessee Titans starting quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. They can cut him if they want to. I don't know if they will and if they have the appetite to do that. They do have a new... General Manager and Rand Carthon, who comes over from San Francisco, and there's been talks that they were linked to Trey Lance now that they have have drafted and traded up to get Will Levis in the second round, have a hard time seeing them taking Trey Lance. I would have rather gone with Trey Lance than Will Levis. That's just me. But Will Levis is there in Tennessee. Malik Willis, another player, Alex, that we talked about last week, who the Panthers, could they take him? At six, they didn't do it. No team took him in the first round. No team took him in the second round. Tennessee took him in the third round, where I believe they also traded up to get him. And we saw how he was virtually unplayable last season to the point where Josh Dobbs was called off the street. Tennessee Vol legend to start the last couple games as they were trying to salvage their season. He failed at it, unfortunately, not really on Josh Dobbs. He actually was okay in those games. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence was just in a better situation. And a better team. So you have that scenario. Uh, and also like Indianapolis, I don't know when that game is going to be played. I don't know when Houston's going to be played. Again, me recording right now, I don't have the context of when those games are going to be played. Hard to believe that Houston's not going to start um, CJ Stroud from day one. Now, Indianapolis, different situation. They can start Gardner Minshew. I believe Nick Foles is still up there. They can take their time with Anthony Richardson. But without knowing when those games are being played... I don't really know, and as long as Tannehill's on the roster, I would guess that he'd be the starting quarterback when the Panthers play him, but it's hard to really say, even if I knew when those games would be played, just because, like, anything, not anything, but things could happen that could change the plans for those teams, and who's to say that Bryce Young is actually going to play in those games whenever they actually are played? I bet he will. Um, Okay, so you also said, which of those games are you most excited about? Excited about Houston because I look at that as a win and just a storyline of Panthers not taking CJ Stroud, who a lot of people felt like was going to be the favorite. He was the favorite once the Panthers traded up from nine to ten or nine to one, rather, on March 10th. Um, Vandal was saying he's the favorite. Everyone else in Vegas was saying the favorite. He was the favorite. And a lot of the reporters were out there saying that the Panthers traded up to get CJ Stroud. Actually, in reality, they traded up to get Bryce Young. And they found clarity over the last month. That led them to take Bryce Young with the number one overall pick in the draft a couple of weeks ago. So I'm excited for that game. I'm excited to see Anthony Richardson, if he actually plays. If he doesn't, then it's Frank Reich versus Jim Irsay. And does Frank Reich even hold grudges? Doesn't seem to be that kind of guy at all. He went to seminary. Um, So I would guess he probably doesn't, at least... Scripture tells him not to. Um, whether you practice that or not, I I think he does. Um, and then, is there a game I'm concerned about? No. There's not a game I'm concerned about. Like, on the schedule, o- overall, maybe Miami? Just because of the receivers they have and the cornerback situation still being kind of up in the air as far as, like, who's actually going to be healthy when they're going up against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And I think they – oh, I guess Chosen Anderson, now a threat. I think they added some other guys there with that offense. I guess that's the only game I'd be like kind of concerned about just because of who they have skill position-wise. There's not a game I look at on the schedule where I'm like, oh, man, I'm really concerned, especially when you're looking at those three games. Indianapolis, not a good football team. Houston, not a good football team. Tennessee, I don't think they're a terrible football team, but they mm, – massive regression there for them. And if they get rid of Derrick Henry and Tannehill over the next month before we even see them this fall, then, yeah, that should be a game I'd also be very excited about. And I encourage every Panthers fan to go out there and watch the game there in Nashville. I already had someone who uh, hit me up saying, I hope the game is coinciding with Kentucky playing against Vanderbilt, which would be great for all Kentucky fans that are also Panther fans because then you can go see Will Levis play for Tennessee Tennessee potentially and you can go see the Wildcats beat up on Vanderbilt uh okay next question comes from Jake who asked me is Terrace Marshall our new number one wide receiver and we just don't know it yet what I feel like you're really asking me is does he have the potential to be a number one wide receiver going back to draft night in April of 2021 I did not look at Terrace Marshall as the guy who's going to come in and be that number one. I also did not think in two years' time, DJ Moore would no longer be a Carolina Panther. That was never a reality or that I even thought would happen. But that is the reality we're sitting in. I did not think Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, two years later, would be the top two wide receivers in that room. Now, Terrace Marshall, I felt like, was coming in to be the replacement to Robbie Anderson. I felt like either Robbie... Or Dante, one of those guys was gonna stay past the twenty twenty one season as they were both going into contract years. Unfortunately, before the season, I think a big part of it was Matt Rule being the head coach. Actually, a massive part of it was Matt Rule being the head coach. And Robbie Anderson had a career year in 2020. He was given the contract extension, as we saw, did not work out for the Carolina Panthers and He's just not that good of a player, or I don't know what happened to him the last two seasons. Hasn't been great. Now he's in Miami. Best of luck, especially in that deep wide receiver room getting on the field. Uh, But it's probably the best situation for him. He's also from down there, has a home there. I'm sure he'll be happier than he was here in Carolina when he was contemplating retirement about 11 months ago. Um, But looking at it overall, I felt like Terrace Marshall, when they drafted him, was going to be the replacement to Robbie Anderson. That he would be the number two to DJ. And we saw that in the final 12 games of last season where he was that number two. And he led the NFL in yards per reception in those final 12 weeks of the season. And he showed the potential that he has. Now, I don't think he's going to be a number one wide receiver in the NFL. He could be a de facto number one just because your wide receiver core is not very good. Like Adam Thielen's kind of de facto number one here in Carolina because the wide receiver core – ain't that great, or there's some guys who have potential that just have not shown it just yet, and Shark has it. He's shown that he can be that player. It's just about staying healthy. Marshall has shown that he's got to have that potential. It's just about staying healthy and then taking that next step. He could be. I just would not bank on him ending up being that true number one. When you think about the guy who was here before, DJ Moore, really good player, but he's not Stephon Diggs. He's not New Hopkins. He's not Jamar Chase. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not one of those infallible number one wide receivers. He wasn't even Steve Smith. Good player. Fantastic player that you want on your team. But he's someone who I would not consider even one of the top ten wide receivers in the NFL. So you would want Terrace Marshall to be better than that. And I have a hard time seeing him be that good. While I still respect DJ Moore and think he's a good player, I just don't look at him as like, man, that guy – is the scariest wide receiver in the NFL, or one of the scariest. Certainly not the case, um, in my opinion, from what we saw in Carolina, even though, again, really good player, just not on the same level of some of the guys I just mentioned there. Um, Devontae Adams as well. Just He's not that. All right, let's take a quick pause here on the show. Then I'll come back and I will uh, answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think that they're good for you so, what makes Built Bars so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% Real dark chocolate, that's right. Real chocolate on every single bar and puff. I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy for you. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar of a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you no longer need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your built Bars at built.com, which you can still do to order their specialty flavors, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, that's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built Bars. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of their Hip Flavors Brownie Batter Puff and Churro Puff. You can thank me later. Let's get back into it. The Weekly Friday Mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get in questions for next week's show. Over to Kendrick and we got two Matt Corral questions here. Y'all just will not let go of Matt Corral. And I don't know what it is. Is it, To me, it's it's the stench of folks who jumped in the deep end. Last year, around this time, when the Panthers traded up for Matt Corral, desperate move because they couldn't get that deal done with Baker Mayfield, which was awful. If Baker Mayfield got a full offseason, maybe things go better. The batted ball will still happen. Hard to not believe that doesn't happen. And Ben McAdoo is still calling plays. I have to imagine maybe it looks a little bit better. Maybe, just maybe, but it was no good. They traded up to get Matt Corral and immediately told you, yeah, it's going to take some time. He's not really here to compete. We just want him to get his footwork together, learn how to call plays in the huddle, and be able to manage everything. Because at Ole Miss... Not doing the things that we need him to do on Sundays, so yeah, take a step back, take a deep breath, and calm down. Fan base that's what the organization was telling you, but still, people dove in head first and were like, Yeah, Matt Corral is the savior. And Matt Corral, as we found out, is not the savior because Bryce Young is now here, he's not even the third string or second string quarterback because Annie Dalton is here, despite all that. I'm still getting questions about Matt Corral, which I will gladly answer right now. One from Kendrick saying, I know his position after the draft is a little diminished. A little? Uh, But am I the only one who sees the great opportunity that Corral has before him? You're definitely not, because I get these questions literally every week. After having one of the worst coaching staffs in the league, he now gets to learn from one of the greatest collections of offensive minds the league has ever seen. Do you also see how one year with this staff can put him in position to become a functional, if not good player, for his next franchise? So Sean Ryan was not a bad quarterback coach. Let's just go ahead and get that one out of the way. Not a bad quarterback coach. He was just working with bad quarterbacks, and Sam Darnold showed a market improvement last year when he started those final six games. He's turned into a pumpkin in the end because that's just who Sam Darnold is, and I think he'll be a capable backup, just not somebody that you want starting six games or really four. But he's an okay player. I wish him the best of luck in San Francisco. Honestly, truly, really hope that he can have success somewhere, but it just it didn't work out in New York or here in Carolina. Wish him all the best. Now, the key thing you say there, can Matt Corral become a functional player? I talked to someone last week, and they told me that when they went down to training camp last year to go see Matt Corral, he was the worst quarterback they have ever seen in a training camp setting. The worst quarterback they had ever seen in a training camp setting. And that actually – checked out because when I watched them against Washington he was bad I get it Austin Pleasance is his tight end and they're giving him no protection I do laud him for the toughness which I had already seen in college particularly that Saturday night game where they were throwing golf balls and mustard bottles at Lane Kiffin Matt Corral was a warrior in that game to help Ole Miss win on the road in Knoxville at Neyland Stadium I already knew he was tough I, that's not something I needed to learn and he got his helmet ripped off and still was looking down the field so I give the dude credit he was put in a terrible situation and because he was put in a bad situation in part that led to his injury if he actually had protection and wasn't saddled with the third and four stringers who were going to get cut the next day then maybe Matt doesn't suffer that foot injury maybe gets an opportunity last season but from everything we saw, from everything I was told, Matt Corral just did not look like a guy who was anywhere close to being ready to play football. And there was also talk that leading up to the draft, part of the reason why teams weren't all that interested was that there was some thought from him that he was going to give up playing football. And, you know, the NFL, these geeks are like, oh, if you don't love football, you don't eat, sleep and drink football. We don't want you. Like how they talk about they want players from You know, broken households because, oh, they can't go back. We got to have them because they're going to be focused, which is just the most disgusting thing about the NFL draft process. But I had heard about that about Matt Corral. And the whole punch was it Wayne Retsky's kid. I don't really care about that. Some people, honestly, just need to be punched in their mouth. M-O-U-F in their mouth. And maybe I'm one of them. But some people really just need to get hit in the face sometime just to get a reality check of you can't be talking that cash anytime you want to. And I'm not condoning violence. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I'm just saying, you know, a little dose of reality, somebody, at times people need that. And maybe the guy Matt Corral hit deserved it. But that's so far in the past, and I was in high school, could not care less about what happened there. So, I don't know. My whole thought was Matt Corral was a third-round pick because he was a third-round talent. And he's not... That's telling you, the league doesn't believe he's going to be someone who's going to come in and be a starter. If they felt like he had starter potential, he would have gone in the first round. Someone would have taken a chance on him, and no one was willing to do that. So, yes, I think he's in a better situation because he has Frank Reich and because he has Josh McCown and Parks Frazier and Thomas Brown and Jim Caldwell and all that. But their focus is on the guy they took number one overall. Their focus is not on developing Matt Corral. Their focus is on developing Bryce Young and really getting him ready for week one this season. The owner has said, this guy, of the guys available, gives us the highest probability of winning Super Bowls. He never once said that about Matt Corral. They are all in on Bryce. They are all out on Matt Corral. It's possible that with the collection of coaches that he has, and we even throw Andy Dalton in there as a mentor, that Matt Corral will be better for it. And I can't see how he wouldn't be. I'm just curious where his head's at because this is the same dude who had 48 days to come to terms with, oh, man, you've gone from, I don't even know what his position was, to third-string quarterback, and they clearly don't think you're the future. Best of luck. Uh, And he tweeted out that they don't want you, like blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you talking about, man? So, yeah, it's possible that he can be a functional player for the next franchise, but it's very clear that his future is not here. And then now Alex is asking me, is there any circumstance that you see Bryce Young starting week one? Yes, I believe Bryce Young is going to start week one. I, I really feel that will be the case. Um, again, wish I had the schedule now, but let's be real. Bryce Young starting week one. And he also asked me, do you think that Mackrell will have a fair shake in preseason? I don't even know what that means. Are you asking me if Matt Corral is going to compete for the number one job? Because that's not going to happen. Again, they did not trade up. They did not give up their first round pick next season. They did not give up a second round pick in 2025. They did not give up DJ Moore to start Matt Corral over Andy Dalton and Bryce Young. They did not do that. Please, I am begging y'all to get that through your thick skulls. They did not give all of that up. Tepper did not sit there and wax poetically about Bryce Young's answers about his pr- his preparation through the week at Bama and about how great of a kid he is, about the probability that he gives him to win Super Bowls, plural. To start Matt Corral over him and Andy Dalton. No, he's not going to get a fair shake. To start, he could get a fair shake to be on the roster, which at this point in time is the best case scenario for Matt Corral, that he will actually have a job in Carolina. But the thought that he's going to be a starter over Dalton and Bryce young get that out of your mind, people. Please, I am begging you, stop asking me about Matt Corral. He does not have a future here. It is over for him, and it never really started. He never had a chance, because teams in the NFL do not draft guys in the third round with the idea that's going to be their quarterback. The 49ers did not draft Brock Purdy last year in the seventh round with the last pick in the draft, thinking he was going to be the guy. If they did, he would have started week one. But they didn't do that. He only played because, Trey, Lance got hurt and Garoppolo got hurt. He was the last-ditch option. Now, if Matt Corral is in a situation where Bryce Young goes down and Andy Dalton goes down and he takes advantage of the situation and takes the Panthers to the NFC Championship game, then fine, we can have the conversation. But until that day comes, which is going to be a cold day in hell before it happens, please, for the love of God, Stop asking me about Matt Corral and whether he has a chance to be the franchise quarterback. The Panthers answered that question on March 10th, and they let you know emphatically on April 27th that he's not in our plans. All right, let's take a quick pause here, and I'll come back and answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. Okay, uh, took a deep breath, I'm feeling all right, and I'm ready to answer more questions. Just please, I'm telling you, stop asking me about that guy, and I don't dislike him. I'm just sitting here in a reality, and because I can embrace the reality of the situation, some of you probably think I hate Matt Corral. I don't hate him. I love him at Ole Miss. I told you last year how much I really appreciated the dude. I love the fact that he didn't quit on his team like Kenny Pickett and actually played in the bowl game, and he only hurt his ankle. People hurt their ankle every single game of the NFL season, and their careers aren't ended. So there was nothing to even get upset about when that happened. I don't dislike Matt Corral. He doesn't have a future here. It's very obvious. Just listen to the team. Like when they, traded up for Sam, when they traded a second, fourth, and sixth in New York for Sam Darnold, and y'all sat there for six weeks saying, oh, they could still take a quarterback. They could still take a quarterback. They told you six weeks ago they didn't want any of the guys. If they did, they would have done what San Francisco did to get Trey Lance. But instead, because we just saw that this past year, if they felt they had conviction, they would move up. And they did that. They didn't have it in 2021. Didn't have it last year. They had it this year, and they moved up. With an aggressive owner. You think David Tepper, if he really wanted a quarterback, was going to let this team sit back there? Absolutely bleeping not. So please, please, open your eyes. All right, moving on. Bruce, with the Panthers drafting NC State guard Chandler Zavala, I think the Panthers are telling us that Brady Christensen is our swing tackle of the future. What do you think? Well, we know at least... The near-term future, that Cam Irving will be the swing tackle for the Carolina Panthers, which I think was a fantastic move. And it's hard to say Panthers, Cam Irving, and fantastic in the same sentence and thought process. But when you think of the role he's playing compared to the role he was brought into play two years ago, it's a good move. You needed somebody. Uh, the tackle they got from a Bless his heart. Hope the dude makes the team. Because Aggie, Pray, But still, like... I don't think that's what you want to bank on, and uh, who else we got? Larnell Coleman. Don't think that was what you wanted to do. Now Zavala can come in here; he could steal a job. So it is possible that Zavala comes in here and beats out Brady Christensen. Now, right now, Brady Christian—he's he, Brady Christensen. He's gonna be your starting left guard. I don't see that changing uh, right now. Now, oh, as time goes on. Does Brady Christensen maybe lose his job to Chandler Zavala? It's possible. And do the Panthers think about what they have tied him with Moten? And do they maybe move Brady Christensen out the right tackle? And that's maybe their future? I don't know. It, it, it is possible. I would believe that well before I believe that Matt Corrales a chance in Carolina. I think it is possible that Brady Christensen becomes their swing tackle. Because he was their lowest rated offensive lineman last season, according to Pro Football Focus. And... It's not like he was bad. He was on a good offensive line unit. He was just the, wink, the weak link of it, and he wasn't that weak of a link. He just was a lowest-rated guy. He's also, let's be honest, probably playing out of position. Doesn't have the longest arms. We understand that. But tackle, particularly left tackle, is what he played in college. That's what he's always played. He's more comfortable with that than he is at left guard. I would say let's give Brady another season to – have experience at guard before sitting here and like trying to give his job to someone else. Even though Zavala and Icky, they're boys and, you know, we'll see. see. Maybe that happens in the future. And if it does, having Christensen as your backup swing tackle, which would only be for a year because he's not going to stay here uh, past 2024 if he's going to lose his starting job, y'all. So um, we'll see how it works out because he's started before in the league. He's not a bad player. There are teams out there that are desperate for – serviceable offensive lineman, someone with a pulse. And Christensen will have opportunities elsewhere after 2024 if the Carolina Panthers do, in fact, give Chandler Zavala his job and don't put Brady back at tackle, whether it be at right or left, where, you know, left tackle ain't going to happen. But right tackle, maybe it happens. And finally from Kyle. Who asked me what do you feel will be the, what do you what do you feel most likely will happen to Bank of America Stadium, which it's still called that for now? Renovations are a completely new stadium within Charlotte. So I did see reports last week that the Panthers and the City Council they were having some discussions about. Some what $1.3 billion um, renovation or some craziness like that, that they want me, a citizen of Charlotte and living here in Mecklenburg County to pay for, which it's just going to be what's going to happen. Uh, city councilmen, they're sheep um, because they don't want to not get reelected and people get f- afraid that they're going to move the team. And as I've said to you all multiple times in the show, where in the United States of America are they going to move the team? When you have as many people coming to Charlotte, when you got Truist Bank here, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all these new tech jobs coming, why would the NFL vote to allow David Tepper to move the team out of Charlotte? Why on earth would they do that? He going to go to England. If anything, it's going to be Shad Khan and the Jags are playing two games back-to-back weeks there this upcoming fall, and the Jags probably ain't going to leave. And You think they're going to move the team out of Jacksonville? If they move the team from Jacksonville to London? No. He, where's he going to go? he's going to stay here. If anything, he would move the stadium. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he can go back to South Carolina. <laughs> uh, but maybe he moves it out to, I don't know, like Lincoln or something like that. I don't know what he wants to do. He's running out of options because he's burned them bridges down south, down I-77 I- south. He burned those bridges with what happened there with the, the practice facility. And I would think that most people would take notice and you would think that the city council would use that as leverage. We're like, mm, you botched that. He went down there. They didn't have the money. You didn't want to spend the money that you clearly have if you don't really want this facility. Why should we give you the money? I do think in the end that the city council, because this is just how things work in America. Um, even though you look in Europe, these, the fans aren't getting bitten over. The uh, uh, the citizens aren't getting you know screwed in these situations. Where they're not having to pay for it. But you look here in America, it happens all the time. Yeah. Like you said, he'll pay for a third, PSLs will pay for a third, and then the city will pay for a third, and it'll be a brand-new stadium. That's what's going to happen. I hate it. I hate it so much. And then I saw they want to put a soccer or a a tennis complex. I love tennis. Big Agassi fan growing up. Love Roddick. Love James Blake. Was a huge fan. Still am a huge fan of tennis. And I think it would be great to have a tennis tournament, even though I don't really love they're going to take the oldest tennis tournament in the country away from its bounding city in Cincinnati and move it down here. But, hey, that's what a billionaire wants to do. A billionaire is going to do what he's going to do. it would be cool to have that. I mean, but like how much – you might even get more usage out of that tennis facility with a two-week tournament and then all the other events that you can have there than you get at Bank of America Stadium. Because even when the soccer team has games like they're, they're in a U.S. Open Cup. And they're playing down at the Matthews Sportsplex. I know why. Because logistically, you need police. You need staff, concessions, all that kind of stuff. You need to know the dates well ahead of time in order to prepare for that. They can't really do it on, like, a week's notice. I get that. Maybe they had a smaller stadium. But there's even teams that have their own soccer stadiums that I think even have difficulty doing that in the first place. Um, But, like... He has more games They he doesn't even put in that stadium because, you know, they don't have that. They only have a couple of concerts. Probably, we probably get more uses out of, out of that tennis facility than we get to football stadium. So I'm, I'm just saying I don't want to pay for it. I know I'm going to have to pay for it unless I move. And it's going to happen where it's not going to be renovations. Renovations don't really make a lot of sense. I mean, I'm totally fine with renov- – honestly, I would rather them do what they did to Hard Rock Stadium. Then put a dome over that, and Tepper said after the pandemic that he would want an open air stadium. Uh, just do a retractable roof. It's not that difficult of a concept. Uh, I I don't. I think that will be a new stadium. I'm cool with this one. Arrowhead seems to be just fine. Uh, there's other uh, older stadiums seem to be doing just fine. I know Tepper told us about two years ago that all oh, the building's gonna fall down. If it's fall, gonna fall down, then why do you keep having people go in there? If the structural integrity is in question. Oh, because it's not actually going to fall down, and you're just being ridiculous. Yeah, well, new stadium. I'm going to have to pay for it. You might not, depending on where you live. All right, that's going to wrap up this spicy edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Here with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. My name, of course, is Julian Council. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And join me next week on Friday. By tweeting at me, at Julian council, we get those questions in at me or DM me for the weekly Friday mailbag and coming up tomorrow, probably later on today, as this usually comes out 3 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, but uh, midnight Pacific that's using the podcast drops and then YouTube on Fridays drops at 7 a.m. I'm thinking probably around five or 6 p.m. Later on, you will see the podcast um, audio version and the video version there on YouTube where I'll give my Thoughts on the NFL schedule release and that will also be used as Monday's episode because, well, I'm going to do that. Rookie minicamp going on this week. So hoping for a guest on Tuesday who can give me their thoughts on what they saw from rookie minicamp and more importantly what they saw from Bryce Young. So that coming up on Friday and sort of Monday, and Monday as well, and then possibly on Tuesday, so stay tuned for all of that, in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you later today, slash Monday, slash Saturday, Sunday, whenever you listen to it, goodbye.